Photographers keeping it real. Photographers keeping it real. This is our podcast. We've never done this before. We practice just a little bit. So we apologize if it's a bad shit I know so good. Oh yeah. Photographers keeping it real. We keep it real cause we like the way that it feels. Cool. So welcome to the podcast, Hamish. Hello. How we doing? I'm all right, mate. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, I'm joining you from Munich at the moment. So uh, yeah, just working away from home. So just trying to sprechen die Deutsch a bit. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I lived in I lived in Germany for like four years when I was with the army. Yeah, it's nice, really nice country, isn't it? Oh my gosh, whereabouts were you? Uh, I was in like near Paderborn, which is like an hour and a half drive from Dusseldorf. I guess. Okay, it's like the nearest place people have heard of, I guess, if you don't know Germany. Okay, but, yeah. yeah. Sounds uh, that sounds pretty legit. <laughs> yeah, it was it was nice. Like a really nice country, isn't it? I love, you know, the public transport's good, and just I don't know, things just seem to work a bit better, don't they? Some, yeah, absolutely. Buzzing to jump on the U-Bahn later. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Let's jump in. So you've got a, a photo on your about page. You you and a saxophone. I think you and a little <laughs> band. Do you play like? You, I assume you play the saxophone. Do you? is that? I do. Yeah, I do. You know, I I hate. I'm becoming one of those people though, where it's like kind of it's like I'm not playing nearly as much as I used to but basically like yeah I, I absolutely bum off jazz music um absolutely love it like it's a big kind of like musical lifeblood um and I've just always when I was younger I was like oh man I really want to play the sax and picked it up just completely got into it and then through uni or whilst I was studying photography where I didn't really learn much about photography really but uh I've probably had the most fun playing my sax and being in a band and uh we played loads of gigs and then, yeah, we were in a band up until kind of COVID kind of killed, killed us off, unfortunately. Um, but we, we played quite a few gigs around Leeds and it was just so much fun and it's just wicked. But I just love like improvising and getting quite experimental and getting weird with the weird with the sax. But now it's just a, I just love jazz and uh, there's a big new London scene of jazz. And anyway, this is a photography podcast. I don't know why I'm talking about jazz now, but yeah, that's why <laughs> it's a big part of my life. Uh, I love it. I, the big question I get asked by, I think I had an inquiry only three days ago saying, can you photograph and play sax at the wedding? Like every time, like, it's a really nice thought, but no. <laughs> How am I going to do that? Yeah, you could strap a GoPro on it, I suppose, or something maybe. And yeah, no, I don't know if that, the quality would be, but... Um, that yeah. would actually be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's just a yeah. random, quite a random instrument, isn't it? Although I guess a lot of people do play it. It's just kind of, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I, I think I feel I feel like there's a few similarities between photography and jazz, and I know that's a really bit of an odd one to make, but the the comparisons been made before. When when you improvise, it really it's that kind of creative feeling that you get. That I think I don't know when I'm improvising on my saxophone and someone lays a beat down, and, and you're just coming up with kind of this raw, pure pool of creativity in your mind. You're trying to unlock it to just start playing stuff. It's like that same kind of feeling of like forget about the pressure that's around you and try and find that inner kind of flare of creativity that and just whatever comes out the instrument it's like creating photographs yeah you're just trying to tap into that pure creative energy that you might have inside of yourself that can really create something incredible and it comes out of nowhere and so I think you get those similarities really but yeah yeah I, I, I do love it yeah it's cool I think 
there's a lot of like I mean, this is an unscientific test of my knowledge of about four photographers, but I feel like there's a few <laughs> photographers who have like, you know, come from a musical background or like playing bands or like music. It kind of feels yeah, like... Uh, there's, there's loads of DJs. You know, I feel mm. like there's loads of DJs who have turned wedding photographer. And I, I think there's that like that confidence that you can get from being in front of a crowd. It, it's a transferable skill, making decisions in the moment. It, 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 yeah, they're transferable skills, I think. Yeah, I start, I used to play guitar, played in a few bands, but I was really bad, so it didn't quite. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I'm also bad at photography. I don't know, but like, so they, maybe they've transitioned as well for me. But um, but yeah, I always enjoy. It. Like, I love, yeah, I love music in general. So it's kind of cool. I wouldn't put yourself down. I, you need to get the clips of you out in the band, uh, and then we'll we'll all judge you. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. If, I think it was so long ago. I don't even know if people didn't have camera phones back then. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know if there's any <laughs> clips. <laughs> musicians keeping it real let's yeah, go that'd be good <laughs> so we will actually talk a bit about your photography in a minute i promise but let's talk a little scenes you mentioned you're in munich now i know you've been away sort of the early part of this year so we're recording this in april so you've been away quite a bit early this year yeah yeah let's talk a bit about like travels like where have you been what's your kind of work life balance thing i feel like you do you seem to do yeah. it quite well so is that true or? yeah I, I feel i feel very fortunate i mean this is why i love love the, this job um you know i can it's the one job that i really feel that i get this kind of enjoyment and pleasure out of being able to work and love it like all all of us wedding photographers talk about all the time we love our job um but for, for me like i love traveling and i love travel photography and this job allows me to kind of really explore that and so I, every year i take january february and march completely off um, and I try and get away for like eight, nine weeks. Um, and yeah, I've just, just recently come back from India. Um, so I was in India for seven weeks, uh, just by myself backpacking around, took a, a beautiful old Rolly flex camera, uh, shooting mainly color on there. My work's really colorful. So everything I kind of want to do is, is color based. Um, and yeah, India is one of the most colorful countries on arguably on the planet and uh yeah colorful in culture it's it's quite a shock it was a shock to the system uh after two two weeks there was actually probably the most difficult times i've ever been traveling it was it was really tough but then when once i acclimatized and the the intensity of it all once you kind of get to grips with it you can i think really really get so much out of it i i, I do feel like i come back a bit of a different person from india and, and again that's why I love being able to go away and do this. And I kind of come back every time really recharged before going into a really heavy wedding season. Um, so yeah, I just love traveling and uh, I, I feel like that's kind of what inspires me. Like I, you know, I'm in a position where I have, I can go away um, and I just love making the most of that. And yeah, right now I'm in Munich. Um, I'm away with my girlfriend. Uh, we've decided we'll come away and, and, and work from home abroad for, for, for 10 days uh because this is like the last weekend off i have <laughs> in quite a long time so it's like right we've got to get on it so yeah i love traveling and i love travel photography and uh i feel like i'm really myself when i'm traveling and it really recharges me uh, but now i'm really ready to get back to work i've shot three weddings so far the best work i do is always at the start of the year because i just feel so energized and so refreshed um and excited and yeah so it's a good time at the moment yeah, no, it's really cool. I'm jealous, really. I feel like, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going like we go centre parks this year in May with the kids, and uh, it's not not quite. This India is why like, I said I was fortunate, though. I, I'm fortunate in that you know I'm in a life position where I, I can 
get away and do this. And that's my big main motivation, I think. Yeah. So I don't mean to make you jealous. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I'll let you off. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. Do you, do you find then that like, so it's interesting that you sort of, you think you start the year, you're fresh and you're, you know, really like energized, ready to go. You think you create your best work. Do you think you fall into a bit of a pattern in the summer? Like I feel like sometimes I feel a bit like when I'm shooting, you know, two, three times a week, whatever you just you do. Yeah. Not that it's bad or anything, but like, I don't know, you just kind of get in that wedding mode, don't you? And you do get probably tireder Absolutely. and more kind of tired of the word. Yeah. Tireder and yeah, more yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, this is something that I talk about more and more and more as the, as the year goes on. And the more, the more you fall into kind of like the stock images that you can safely take, because I, I feel like when it comes to like November time, I just start kind of ev creatively start repeating myself over and over again. And when I start looking at what I did at the beginning of the year, everything's coming from that pool of inner creativity where there's a rawness there. But as the time goes on, I, this, I don't know, I, I then prove myself wrong because then I'll go and shoot a wedding, you know, around October, November and absolutely nail it and come away with like unbelievable photographs. But some weddings, they just give, you know, I feel like I shot a wedding on Saturday that was just full of story. It, it just was full of tales to tell, emotion, incredible stuff. I, I think there are some weddings for me where like I'm working extra hard to bring the emotion out of it in the photographs. And it's usually when I'm more tired that I start being a lot less creative. I go for the safe shots and I get frustrated with myself. And that's when I go, I really know that I need to kind of take a step back and do it. But it's something that I think all, all wedding photographers are talking about. Um, you know, it's that kind of fatigue that you get. But um, yeah, I feel, I feel my repetition of my, my solid photographs that I know I can take, I just get bored of my own work and it's really important for me to try and just remove myself from that but when you're you know 50 weddings deep and you've got all this editing to do and you're absolutely knackered it can be really difficult to relax yeah yeah no it's really interesting like do you want to talk a little bit about i'm conscious that like i don't know that you've been on sort of when i'm like researching for before i have a guest on i look at like if they've been on other podcasts or you know talked at conferences or all that kind of stuff just to find mm. out a bit about you know them as a photographer if i don't know them and stuff but I feel like you haven't been on too many kind of other things really. So do you want to talk no. about like, I don't know, yourself and your photography and your journey? Yeah. If you want to use that word. Yeah. Like I, I mean, no, I've, you know, I've never really partake too much in the photography community. And I, I don't, I, I sometimes feel I'm so busy that I don't have the time or energy to put myself in into it and then I went to, you know, you go to nine dots and you're kind of all around and amongst it and really excited and, uh, and then it kind of connects me with everyone. But, you know, I, I, I sometimes feel like I've got so much editing and so much energy that goes into the work. I feel exhausted sometimes to kind of take that elsewhere, but no, I haven't, I haven't been on podcasts and, uh, and things, but this is fun. <laughs> so thank you. Thanks so much. I'm kind of honored you asked me. I'm, I'm surprised. Um, I know, like I've, well, I've been a big fan of your work for a while, but I, cause you're also leads based, right. In general, when you're not yeah, traveling yeah. and, I'm yeah. York originally now in Durham, but still the North. So like, I think we've got like mutual friends and I've kind of yeah. seen your work on Instagram from that and everything. So that was how I was aware of you. And obviously we met at the gathering last year, yeah, yeah. but, um, but yeah, it's interesting. So I, I sort of put a post out recently in the photographers giving real, um, Facebook group to say like, look, I want to interview people who I'd already booked you in, but like people like you almost who are like, you know, smashing it really like have amazing work and energy and, 
yeah. you know, like say you're, you're out there, you know, creating a lot, you know, you're shooting a lot of weddings, you're, and we'll talk a bit about marketing and stuff down the line, but you know, you're obviously doing well, certainly perceived from the outside as doing well. And, yeah. but you know, you're not a kind of household name in the photography world. And I think it's nice no. to chat sometimes to, cause I'm conscious of getting the same people on and not that they haven't got anything else to give, but you know, I don't want to kind of regurgitate the same things that are on other podcasts. It's nice. We all know there's probably hundreds of photographers in our area who are doing amazingly and we just don't even know about them. So yeah, it's really totally. interesting to speak to like different yeah. people, I guess. I feel like I'm a, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of a grafter and I, you know, I really love the education that the photographers like Sam Docker, you know, the household name there kind of putting out. But I, I also, I, I also feel like that's, you know, as someone who's just in it all the time, I'm not really, I don't have the time to be talking about what I'm doing, you know, I'm like the amount of social media it takes to kind of put out, like, you know, you're trying to cover so many bases. I'm so impressed with some photographers of how they find the time to kind of put out, you know, it takes me, Christ, it takes like an hour and a half to do a solid Instagram post, an Instagram story that once you've written the caption, made all the images for the story and and then you you know if you're arguing oh maybe i should now make a reel as well it's like how much time is this going to take you know any photographer who's also putting out like yourself as a, another flow of information and content that's giving back to the community i'm like applaud i you know really hands up to you guys like uh but no I, I feel like i'm just solid with with my work and uh yeah i kind of i i I feel like I give a lot to my couples like, a, and I know all photographers kind of say this, but I spend so much time kind of talking to my couples that I'm sometimes I don't have time to kind of be talking outside of that, but I do my best to kind of put as much of my own personal life out there as well. I, I really, I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm not a great photographer. I just talk a lot of shit. Um, and like, I think people quite warm to me and, you know, people, I'm sure photographers listening to this will know what I mean. People come up to me on the Monday, they go, you're a great photographer. I'm like, you haven't seen the photos? <laughs> like, uh, you know, how do you know this? But I think it's an energy that I sell myself on. I don't know. It works completely different for every person, but I wouldn't say that I'm, I feel like I'm delivering so much content from weddings and cutting that down to 10 images on Instagram or whatever is is really tough. I want to show the wedding in its entirety, not just put in one image or two images. That less is more argument is so true for, for so many photographers. But for me, like the clients that I want to attract, are like I want them to see the variety of emotion, uh, everything. Because I don't think I kill it in one image. I think I kill it in like 20, 30 photographs and I love showing them. So I try not to, I try to go with what I believe is best rather than go well less is more and i'll just keep it the way i am but i, I think as a result of that i don't think i've become like a household name but i'm, I'm kind of happy for that That that's good yeah, yeah i wonder if like you know when i do speak to people and they're kind of not i don't say not big in the community because you like you say you are you know you see you know you are taking some courses and you're seeing people and stuff it's not like nothing but sometimes i think maybe being out of it like say you're getting your own inspiration from your own travel and your own you're just doing what feels right to you and to your personality and that attracts the right couples and then you know you're producing work that you love and that couples love and that's like what everyone really wants isn't it and we all go to conferences and courses to just to learn that and then you're kind of doing it you know without having to think about it in a way yeah right. it's like what what's the what's the goal like I, I think i'm just constantly asking myself you know we're all all always having that identity crisis and i certainly have it 
you know, weekly. Usually I have a meltdown when I'm posting to Instagram because I'm <laughs> it's like 8 p.m. I've been editing all day trying to get this all right and I post it to Instagram and like I'm like this story took me half an hour to make and everyone's gonna swipe through it in 10 seconds. So I'm like, mm. is it worth it? Is my life worth a transient quick thing that I've done? Like I, I definitely have little identity crisis crises. I mean, that's just one of many, but sometimes I'm like, you know, what do I want out of this? Do I want to be more recognized? And usually it's like, no, I just want the most fun weddings that I possibly can get. All that I, all that I want to do, I find is that I just really want to get the couples who are like, so Saturday's wedding was unreal. Like these guys together, seven years, they met, they, the groom's father tragically passed away. Like the the bride, the bride's mum was at the funeral. And basically like, they make a joke out of it, like pimped out her daughter to the groom <laughs> and said like, here's Rowena. And they went on a, they went on a, on a date and their story is just incredible at this darkest time that the groom was in. The bride came in and they are so in love and they really bond over such nerdy things, but it's so inspirational and beautiful to see. They love Back to the Future. So they had a DeLorean at the wedding and, cool. you know, just so many kind of crazy things of emotion. I, I really want to hack into the, to the right culture. Like everything I'm doing is to try and attract the most fun weddings where people are, people are really expressing themselves. Cause I feel like my photography is really expressive. I don't want to make couples look like they're in vogue. I don't want to make couples look posy. I know we all say this, but like, you know, I, I just want people pissing themselves laughing. I really want to create, capture the photograph so that they really do express genuinely who these people are. Then when I look at the photographs, I'm just taken back to it. Like I, so I, I think like you know, what's really inspiring me all the time is to try and get into, get the right couples in. I get a lot of inquiries and I feel like I get a lot of couples who uh, are kind of like quite nervous and shy. And, and, you know, I completely understand that, but what I'm really looking for is, is people who are, are wanting to express themselves because I think my, my style, what I'm doing really, really fits into that. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I could go with that because I think, yeah, I think that's definitely right. Um, from yeah, from looking at your work online, at least, you mentioned. I'll just go back slightly because you mentioned like working with your couples. You spend quite a lot of time chatting to your couples, things like that. I'm interested in that process a little bit. Do you, you know, you like interact with them on social media? You chat into them a lot pre prior to the day. Do you have a few meetings? Like, what's the kind of process yeah, there so to you know to get them how you want them on the day almost or to yeah. Know? So yeah, there's a lot of social media communication. I, you know, I'm hoping that these that these guys are like regular users. Um, I mean, I'm I complain about the machine, but here I am, like <laughs> entertaining the machine, feeding yeah. the machine. Um, where I kind of want to get as close to them as I possibly can, um, so that so that on the day it is like I am a friend. And I know I'm I'm singing from the same hymn sheet as so many photographers here, um, but. Like, you know, I force all my couples to have a pre-wedding shoot. Like, I think one of my big FAQs is like, can we have the package about a pre-wedding shoot? And I have a stock email that's already written out, like copy it so I can copy and paste it in. I just, I basically think for me, and it's different for everyone, I'd rather spend a load of my time um, meeting up with a couple for two, three hours, if they want to, you know, for, for a pre-wedding shoot and spend most of the time laughing and talking with them. Um, and I really kind of want to get to the end of that shoot where like I 
the photos aren't they they just it doesn't almost feel like you're taking photographs anymore it just feels like i am talking laughing with this couple and just capturing that and then on the wedding day i just feel like it's so much easier for me to do that afterwards and that band like that level of banter uh and like level of humor that kind of comes in allows me then to feel so much more relaxed in myself and so excited like I, I was so excited for Saturday's wedding. I was talking about it all week. And so much of that is because of the connection I made with them on the pre-wedding shoot. It makes me a much more enthusiastic photographer when I've had, like, I've met with them. And you know what? Some some I don't even photograph for longer than 20 minutes. But if they, if they are interested in getting me in and they're interested in, in getting to know me and create and, you know, having the same energy of what they've seen my work from, then... I think the pre-wedding shoot can go so well when I want this and they want this, uh, as well as breaking down those barriers. So yeah, I forced, so I'd say the biggest part of this workflow is a pre-wedding shoot. And I have, I have photographer friends who are like, why would you try, try and organize? So I'm, I'm shooting 48 weddings this year, less than last year. To organize 48 pre-wedding shoots is a ball ache. But every time I'm like, it's so worth it. And I, I don't mind editing the photographs. Um, and when I look through them, I'm just like, you know, if I, if I've really hit it, they're, they're, they're just as good as the weddings, even though they're not as arguably import as important, but yeah, it's big, big part of the workflow pre-wedding shoots. And then just after the wedding, it's like, you know, people just be coming across as like super approachable and friendly to the couple as early on as you possibly can just uh, then get so many, um, uh, recommendations. Like I just find so many couples are kind of passing me on from just being like that interaction is already so close. Like every email that I send is going to be like focused on them, like asking them questions, showing all of my interest if they're showing interest to me. Um, so I think part of this workflow is like, I'm never talking to a client, like they're a client, like I'm, I'm trying to enjoy it as if I'm a mate on the day and I'm there late as well. Like you know, I, I'm a photographer who doesn't, I, I, if the party's going, I'm going to stay. Like I, it's just part of my, I, I love photographing the party and so many people, I sell so much on that. Um, so like being on the dance floor to capture the bride, like, oh, there was an epic shot of her, like just being lifted by everyone and thrown up into the air. And my flash just hit her at just the right angle. <laughs> That's that constant, like, is someone going to be standing in front of that? flash uh and luckily no one was and everything came together it's my favorite photograph um and that again attracts the right type of couple for me that was a really long answer no mate like yeah, i was enjoying it i was just uh, yeah just letting the flow go but yeah well um one quick technical i don't really talk very technical on this but since you mentioned flash and stuff are you using like off-camera flash for dance floors like always i feel like i've seen your setup yeah. it's got generally seems to have a bit of off-camera flash right you know, I'm, I think I'm pretty boring. Like I'm not very creative with my off cap, my dance floor stuff. Um, but like, yeah, I, I, I kind of change it to wherever I am. Like, uh, but yeah, my, my standard is you've got two, two flashes on poles, cross lighting the dance floor. And then like, I've got a count, I've got a flash on top bounced into a corner. Um, but then sometimes I put it on camera and flash it directly, depending on the vibe of the couple as well. Like if I want it to look a little bit murky and dirty and a bit like dirgy, that kind of like, I don't know, like more club dance floor, I'll whack it on cam on camera flash and make it harsh. 
And then like, you know, if it's quite a pretty dance floor, I want to make it look bright. And and so it kind of changes with every wedding. But but generally, like, I feel like my positioning in on the dance floor is like I'm just in it all the time. And like, I don't know, I like kind of get in as much as I possibly can. But some dance floors, like it, 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 it can be a bit like slow to start off with. And I'll just take my time out of it. I'm like, I'm not going to go into that. I'm staying for longer. So. Yeah, yeah. That's-, that's the thing. So I stay pretty much till the end as well, like in general. And yeah, when you've got that time, you can kind of feel like you're not feeling like, right, I've got an hour after first dance. I've got to like yeah. get everything I can of anyone dancing because that's it sort of thing. When you've got the whole night, it's kind of, you can take a minute, can't you? Like grab a drink and just have five if it's not quite, you know, if it's quiet that's- or whatever and wait for it to build a bit and stuff. So yeah, that's cool. Nice. You might be the first photographer that I've not, probably not the first, but one of the first I've spoken to has actually got an actual photography degree as well. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I have it's quite rare, especially for wedding photographers. I feel oh like it's God. just not like, a normal path in, is it? Honestly, like it, it, it makes no difference to what I do apart from I have, I think it's now 50,000 pounds is the student loan. Um, cause I, so I started uni in 2014. Um, and that was like two, three years after it went, the annual fees went from three grand to nine grand. So, and then with the 6.1% interest on it at the moment, uh, it goes up by over a grand a year. So yeah, it wasn't, I, I people, you know, I've never been asked for my degree and I, I've done lots of different types of photography. I've done a lot of sport. I used to work for Dunlop. I used to do squash photography. I do a lot of events in in Leeds and a lot of art based events and not once has it ever mattered but I did it and I made all the best friends that I have now mostly through jazz um and uh yeah it, it I I'm more I'm more learned about the meaning of photography the ethics the morals what does a photograph mean and that was really enjoyable but I wouldn't put 50 grand on it <laughs> Yeah, uh, so maybe te- like in terms of skills and technical wise and stuff, it's not necessarily, yeah. it's not kind of taught you that much in that sense. But no, the the yeah. lecturers were great because they they talked about they really explored uh, the meaning of photography and introduced us to so many art artistic photographs. And I feel like I can go in with kind of a critical language now. I have a really good critical language, and I love talking about art photography um, and kind of being able to describe emotionally what is a photograph making me feel is something which I definitely gained from my degree, which I think does help me in my photography now. However, with wedding photography, it's such a niche. You're basically doing a million types of photography all in one. And yeah, the technical side of my degree definitely wasn't really, it wasn't a very educational bit on the course. They tried to do a little bit of everything um, and the guys who were teaching that side of things weren't, I didn't feel like they were super, uh, skilled themselves. So, but the argument was with, with the degree, it was like, we can't give you, we just give you the, the baseline to go, but I enjoyed it. I had a really good time. That's when most of it really drunk. Um, and that was great. <laughs> yeah. I feel that's the most, a part of uni, isn't it? I guess like a lot of, a lot of people don't end up doing what they go to uni for even do they so at least you're working yeah. in the field of photography oh, yeah. which is I, that's good. honestly i think there were 50 people in my course i think only four or five are actually photographers now and they're not even full-time so it kind of it was a bit of a weird bit of a strange degree but it was fun it was really fun yeah that's cool what this is completely random i just remembered it but i should have bought i should have got the photo up actually so i show you because i don't remember his name but i shot a wedding 
it was pre-COVID, so maybe 2018, 2019, I don't know, somewhere around then in South Shields. And there was a guest there and he was like, oh, I know a wedding photographer. Like he lives in my f- flat. He's always busy. Like he lives in my flat, building the flats or whatever. I was like, all right. He's like, I don't think you'll know him because he's like Leeds or something. He's like, Hamish. I was like, and it was, you just had your braces off. Weirdly, I remember <laughs> that because I said to him, oh yeah, he just had, because I literally saw an Instagram story or something around then. I was like, oh yeah, he just had his braces off. Like, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, that's him. Oh, it's crazy that you know him. I was like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> It's so random, but yeah, was that in the was that in the northeast? Yeah, it was South Shields. So like, yeah, he had like an Afro-y kind of. Like, yeah, know, that's like, that's Kieran. Yeah, he he lives above me. Yeah, it's so <laughs> still random. Live there. Yeah. <laughs> it's random. yeah, he was funny though. He's a cool guy. Yeah, that's really weird. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back on to back on the track. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so. Let's jump back, Hamish. I feel like I asked you about uh, how you started and got into photography. We've talked a bit about your degree and other random things. We went off on a couple of tangents. So do you want to talk a bit more about like, yeah, pre-uni, I guess, and were you into photography back then? How did you sort of yeah, get into it? I, I basically like, I've always loved photography. It's been the big, big thing that's always been there. And, you know, since I can kind of remember, I kind of love the tech of it, but at the same time, kind of like love the storytelling of it. I would say like, usually what I've, I like to think it's a bit romanticized, but it is definitely true. Like I, I come from a family of journalists. Everyone in the family is a journalist um, on my dad's side. Uh, and so my, my, my uncle was the editor of the Manchester Evening News for a while. My dad, uh, my grandpa, it was the tennis correspondent for The Guardian all of his life. And then my dad is was a journalist in all kinds of different fields, ended up doing sport. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of liked to, I tried my hand at journalism because I was like, oh, this is cool. And it just wasn't, it wasn't clicking, but then I kind of picked up the camera. It, it really did click with the stories. Uh, Pun pun intended. Yes. (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, what a fail. (laughs) It did click with me. Snap. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I just, I really felt like I was kind of at home with it and from a really young age, just like got a bit obsessed with, with taking photographs. And I think as the time went on, I was like kind of already started thinking at like the age of like 14, 15 about like, I want to take photographs of things which don't bore me. And like, I felt like a lot of stuff was boring me. Like wildlife photography was like something that was kind of expected, but then I felt like I kind of started really getting into sport and even weddings through contacts from my parents i ended up like uh going and photographing with some news journalists and then yeah i ended up kind of trying my hand at lots of different things and so i actually started bag carrying for a wedding photographer in york i started doing that from when i was like 15 um and that kind of introduced me to a few things started working at a studio and then yeah i kind of then went to uni started my photography and then started photographing squash, the sport, not the vegetable. That's another pun. Or the fruit squash. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I I ended up kind of photographing squash, the sport, which is pretty crazy and difficult. Um, and this was through, uh, my dad was lecturing at, at a university at the time on sports journalism. And one of his students had gotten into the Professional Squash Association, uh, which is kind of the international, you know, squash organizers and ended up getting me in to photograph some of the event from some of the some of the sport and I I ended up coming in photographing it completely differently to anyone had photographed before and then I ended up traveling a lot with it so I ended up going to Hong Kong Cairo a couple of places in France 
Sweden. We went to lots of different places and they, I loved studio work at the time. I still do. And I started photographing all of the players um, in a studio looking really cool. And it was in Chicago at the World Championships. I was there for two weeks, started photographing all the players, trying to get their personalities across, do what, what you'd kind of see a little bit on Sky Sports and stuff or like football players in a studio, like just taking it further than just a headshot. And I absolutely loved it. And the traveling side of it was was feeding into that. But um, I, I, I didn't follow that path because I, I really felt like uh they'd call you up a week in advance say can you be in washington dc in a week and you're like oh my god well if i'm booking weddings no and uh and then another problem was that i sold all my copyright away and there were photographs on billboards huge images on buildings and i just felt like i got lost and uh and i didn't feel like i had like that gratification and so I ended up kind of going, I'd rather live a life where I kind of know when my money's coming in uh, and I can try and travel with that as well. And weddings just came together and I was really, uh, during uni, I was second shooting. And then when I left uni, I set up my business uh, and then it kind of all rolled from there. And since then, it's just been really crazy busy. It's gone really quickly. Yeah, I kind of like look back and go, I made the right decision. And to me, like, you know, I kind of said earlier, that work-life balance is something that was really important to me. I love traveling. So I've kind of reached a point where I feel like quite content with like the amount that I work, the amount that I get to travel. Yeah, that's my life story. It's nice. <laughs> I like it. It's yeah. varied, but it's nice. It's kind of always had photography there. And I guess journalism and photography as well aren't like a million miles away in the sense of like storytelling and just rather than written word, it's pictures in it. A lot of journalists obviously do photos and written stuff, I guess. Yeah, sometimes absolutely. Yeah. So it kind of yeah, makes sense. It, it completely it completely makes sense. And uh, I like I you know the wedding that I shot on Saturday that that wedding had so much story in it, and that excited me the most. It was you know I'm not trying to make a wedding to make it look like a wedding. I'm trying I'm trying to just look at two human beings and what their story is and try and get that in the photographs as much as possible. And trying to do it my way and not trying to copy people. That is the you know that's the that's the uh, identity crisis that we're all having all the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nice. So I want to go on because I was looking at your website and it reminded me of how good it was. So I want you to talk a little bit about, because I had my website done, I know you did. And yeah. it's kind of, a, I feel like it's a topic that people discuss a lot of kind of like, should I just buy a template to do it myself? Should I pay for someone? Should I, you know, there's a lot of different routes to basically get a photography website, isn't there? And obviously people do different things. So I thought it'd be quite interesting to talk a little bit about the process of that and the kind of, you know, do you think the cost versus reward is worth it and that kind of thing? So like, yeah, do you want to like talk a little bit about that process? Like you had it done reasonably recently, right? A couple of years ago. Yeah, it was, I had it done. I mean, it sounds like longer, but it, it, it was finished in like May, 2021. So we're coming up to two years, but like, it doesn't feel that long ago. I, I feel like I, it was a big thing. I was like, I've always designed my own website. And it came to the time where I went like, if I want to put my prices up, the big thing that needs to happen is that my website needs to stand out like I I think I do. And I, at, the, at the time, I didn't feel like my website represented who I was. And it was my big thing where I went, I want to, I can't do this myself. So I, I got in touch with a few designers and one designer called Sophie Amelia, Sophie Amelia Designs. I just completely clicked with her. 
in our Zoom call. And it was almost like how it feels to speak to a wedding photographer and when you know it feels right. Um, and I, my big brief was like, you know, she was doing my branding and my website. And I was just like, this is the investment I need to take for this next step to make me, when people go on my website, because people find me on Instagram, then they go to the website. The Instagram doesn't sell it, my website does. And so many people comment on the website now. So I'd say it's probably my best investment I've ever made. Me and Sophie worked for maybe two or three months um, designing the site. And it now, when I look at it, it feels like the most colorful, most emotional kind of representation of who I am and, and the way I want to connect with clients. And yeah, I really worked really hard to try and just make it unlike anyone else's website, really. Like I kind of looked at a lot of photographers' websites and just thought about how can I make this like so me. And so everything had nicknames. So the pricing is like, based on drinks, a drinks menu. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a fun site that represents me. I think it's probably one of the best, it is the best investment I've made before. And if you can find yourself a designer, like someone who clicks with you so well, like Sophie, I just felt so creatively free with it and we nailed it. So I'm so pleased you like the website. Thank you. It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. Go, yeah, I'll, I'll link it below, obviously. Um, but yeah, so just go and have a look if you haven't seen it. But um yeah, it's good. Like gifts and like those little animations of color, like everything does feels as feels like it really works well. It does seem to fit yeah. with your personality and the images that you show. So like if it was like, you know, a lot more moody black and white type photos, it would look weird. But with the yeah. way your image, like I say, it does just click. And uh, you made a Spotify playlist, right? For To listen to whilst creating your site. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I kind of, I wanted to inspire Sophie as much as possible and so I, yeah i made i put together a playlist of tunes that kind of went which kind of described my approach to photography almost so it started off like with with like some drum and bass <laughs> and then it kind of goes into like some more like colorful melodic jazz uh and then it went into some really like soft emotional like i don't know like normal people soundtrack kind of stuff and then it went back up to high energy like and I just feel like that's kind of my approach at it, where it's kind of fun. And yeah, I, I just, I really loved working with another creative. I feel like it's so rare that we get to do that. Um, and it was a real treat for me to be able to kind of like brainstorm and throw a load of ideas at someone. And they're so good at like thinking how they can translate that in this new language, which I don't speak. And uh, it was an amazing experience. And yeah, again, anyone, I think if you want to take your, if you want to move it up to the next level, I mean, you can smash your Instagram game, you can smash your SEO game, whatever. I feel like for me, my website, like is the final clincher. It clinches people. Um, and having that lick like that, like is, is really important for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's nice knowing, isn't it? Like, yes, there's lots of work to do outside of your website to get people on there, but it's nice to know that if you can get them on there, you can work on that, get people to there it'll click with the right couples and then, you know, you don't, it's like the last piece of the puzzle of them to get in touch. You don't have to worry about cause it's like, it's done and it's, totally. you know, it's there. So yeah. Yeah. Like I say, I had mine done and I'll probably, I don't know, maybe five years. So I didn't learn like 2020. So maybe 2025, I'll look at redoing it and stuff, but like I'll always, I think, well say always, maybe things will change, but I think I'll always go to, you know, a professional graphic designer, web designer, whatever to, to do it. Cause I just, it's just far and beyond anything I could do myself. And I just think, yeah, for me, it just feels whether it's just whether it's not true or not, I don't know, but it feels to me and just my confidence level of 
pushing people to my website is greater knowing that you know i've got a website that i'm happy with and yeah you know i mean i don't know but yeah it's cool definitely worth looking at um i think that's it mate that's that's my bullet points i'm looking down i think we've covered everything oh the only thing i want to mention actually um one last thing before we move into a very brief members only section the like editing and colors and like colors obviously is very like important to you you've mentioned that and it yeah. definitely like shows in your photos i think and the editing looks like really good and colorful are you what's that kind of process like for you are you like aware of that are you yeah you i'm I, like the the preset i have i feel like i'm in a constant scrum with my preset actually like i i love it and i hate it um and i you know i'm still working on i've just recently got new cameras new laptop and nothing's actually working as it used to so i've got another level of like tackling at the moment but um yeah i'm very i i feel like uh, you know i might i have a good base preset that kind of adds makes everything pop that like i've played around with the hsl really minute details but every image is different um when it comes to when it comes to the color i'm just constantly looking at like what in this image is going to look more colorful without taking the true color out um like i never want to i think it's my fear of like making the grass look different so many photographers work i look at the grass i'm like grass isn't brown like it's green i understand it's a stylistic choice but for me like and my clients especially like it's about making something pop i feel so i'm very interested in making something that kind of like makes everything really vibrant as the world looks and uh, i think i attract co couples who are really trying to get that out as well so my editing process is 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 really focused on looking at the colors and saturating saturating it um and uh yeah i i kind of i i love when i get my highlights together and you know, they have a great amount of color that I can work with in the wedding to bring that out. But I actually edit each image a bit differently. Um, you know, when it comes to kind of like mingles and kind of, you know, if you've got like a hundred photographs of people chatting, it's it's not as super important. I feel that like, I, I, you know, I'm kind of making a red really pop out or something. But when it comes down to like images that are kind of more mantelpiece photographs or like big images of like a whole team of people pissing themselves laughing, like, you know, I really want to make sure that those colors are really popping out and I spend time trying to brighten and darken parts. Yeah, I've got a good preset. I hate it sometimes. In the winter, it never <laughs> looks as good. It's a summer preset. Like my weddings look great when there's a bit of sun. Like, you know, a lot of photographers, I feel that they suit cloudy days. Like those kind of like where you've got a bit more of a flat preset where it looks really all the all the colors are like being flattened but to a lovely professional look like i, I my preset does not like that <laughs> so i'm trying to like always find a way of kind of like making things work with the conditions i feel so yeah no that makes um, sense yeah no I, I really like it it looks good <laughs> oh what um so you mentioned new cameras we, again we don't really talk about gear much but what what you're shooting with now I feel like people want to um, know and i've mentioned it so i was so I was shooting on two Sony a7 threes since 2019 and these workhorses were, they are battered, absolutely battered. And I was just like, do I upgrade? Do I change system to a Canon? Cause I like the look of the Canon roars. Uh, Cause all the, I feel like the Sony roars are so pink and green. I know that's the classic argument, but I do sometimes I'm like, Oh, come on. <laughs> um, so I was like, right. Do I change systems or do I just upgrade? And uh, I was looking at the Sony a ones 
and they're really expensive. I'm not sure if I need that megapixel count. God, this is starting to sound really boring. Uh, it's isn't fine. It? It's still interesting. I know people, <laughs> some people do love it, so like it's, yeah, you know, yeah. it's still interesting. Uh, so I went. I've, I've got some Sony A92. So I've got two new Sony A92s, uh, and it, 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 it they actually kind of feel the same as the A7Threes, actually, um, in my opinion. Uh, faster autofocus, but uh, it was more that like I I. I'm not that bothered about camera gear. It's always been something like I, I just really have never been too technically bothered. And like, I feel like if the cameras kind of work, it's more like I'm just always concentrating on what's happening in front of me. Um, I'm so impressed by some of my friends, you know, the wedding photographer community where, you know, the level of tech kit education is incredible and like linking that up but i just feel quite lazy with it a lot of the time so i was like right i need cameras that are gonna allow me to just connect brain to eye it's a bit like with the jazz again like you're kind of connecting your brain to your fingers and and your mouth when you play sax like so that you're not putting walls in between what you're seeing what you're hearing in your mind to what's coming out of the instrument and it's the same with the camera i don't want to put walls in between what i'm seeing and i, I feel like i got i've become so accustomed to the sony's that uh, I needed something which is just going to allow me to kind of switch over. So these A92s, they're they're they are they're good because like I I feel really comfortable with them. And I know my 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 previous cameras were so battered. I was like, it's just a matter of weeks before one dies, and I'm really really fucked. So I was like, right, I'll get the A92s. Uh, and actually, they've been they've been really great so far. And uh, but yeah, I, I with kit like. I want fast autofocus and I'm really reliant on eye autofocus now I feel. And, you know, I look back at the times when I was like, re check, refocus, check, refocus, check, check, refocus. When I was on my like Canon 5Ds or I was on a Canon 1D for a bit, the big bicep mm -hmm. of the camera. Um, and, you know, it's so much easier than it was. I never miss a shot now. Well, there's still a lot I miss. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, intending on it, focusing on something, it focuses like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's the 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 kit has caught up with us. I feel yeah. so. Yeah, nice. Oh, very nice, mate. Well, as if I planned it, you've brought it full circle from jazz to jazz, so we can. Uh, <laughs> I think we can safely finish there. But uh, thank you so much for your Great. time, mate. We're gonna just jump on just a very quick, slightly deeper dive on marketing and leads and stuff, just for the members only. So if you are a photographer, keeping it real, member. Make sure you're listening to the members uh, extended version. You can hear me and Hamish chat a little bit more about that. But um, yeah, if not, just thanks so much for your time, Hamish. Where where's best for people to find out about you? Where can they go? Um, okay, so my website, if you want to have a look at uh what's going on there, just hamishirvin.com and definitely check out the website designer designer Sophie Amelia. Check out our Instagram, amazing person, incredible to work with, and just inspirational at the same time as just an individual. She is uh an amazing person. So go check her out. Uh, yeah. Instagram, the classic Instagram, uh, just Hamish.Irvin. You can find all of my adventures and talking shit over there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I try and put a bit of my, like my personal life on there. And, uh, I went to the jousting the other day. It was pretty weird. And then I got interviewed by BBC news about jousting. I saw that. Was, was that, was that, was that like at the Royal armies or something then? Or was that, it where, was, yeah. yeah. So the Royal, I, I was so hungover. It's good. Like, there. It was, I like, I, it's yeah. really good. Yeah. It was so funny. And uh, I just kind of was sarcastic the whole time. That went on BBC News. Put that on my Instagram. So if you want to see some fun wedding photography and some weird things that happen in my life, which is usually hung over BBC interviewing, go get on the Instagram. At the moment, I'm really actually just aside from this, I'm I'm 
you know, one of my big things this year that I want to do is, 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 is genuinely look into making video content. Like, uh, my, my girlfriend, uh, works for channel four and is channel four's TikTok. So I, I don't really have a, any argument, um, against this. I, I really need to crack on. Um, and, uh, so I'm going to try and get into the TikTok world. So maybe if you listen to this three months after, if there's still only two videos on TikTok, you'll know that I failed. <laughs> who's succeeded. Yeah. I thought like you'd be really good on there. I don't know. Like, I know yeah. everyone can carve their own niche on there, but I feel like your personality would probably fit yeah. quite well. And yeah, if, um, obviously if your girlfriend's, you know, has all the insight on TikTok as well, then, uh, yeah, there's yeah, no perfect. excuse, is there? Adam, like Adam Lowndes, amazing person. That guy, I've loved his podcast on, on with you, by the way, like he, he is, he is the leading force in TikTok. And I really feel like he's an inspiration to, to us all really. Um, yeah, he's the, been advocating he, for it for a while and he's doing, he's showing the results now, which is amazing. So yeah, like it's definitely yeah. working. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Go follow Hamish. It's worth it. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast show. We hope that you did on top and go. Oh, halfway through the episode. We hope that you'll join us next time. That would be mighty fine. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.